listening to Nerds on Film with Brian Moriarty, Sarah Ashley, Sean Moriarty, and Roxy Noberry. Let's do this! Awesome. It's a motherfucking podcast day! It's an auspicious day! Auspicious day! Auspicious day! <laughs> I got the heebie-jeebies. That should be I a thing, Roxy. Out. Me saying auspicious day? You need to do that a lot. But just can we make a T-shirt with my face on it, just going auspicious day? Yeah. Like, yes, channing. Yes. <laughs> as long as you'll sign off on the licensing. Hell yeah! I'll for sign your up face. On that. <laughs> Step Great. one: get Roxy to sign over her face. Step two: make devious plans for said face. <laughs> make a mask. Oh God! I'll just sell, I'll sell commit a many a crime. Of, like, glory hole covers my face. <laughs> All right, what did... That's genius! <laughs> God. That's terrible. That's <laughs> glory terrible. hole covers. First of all, I was not aware that a glory hole cover was a thing. Now that I know that, we need to start production immediately. We need it's... to get tiny little hands in China yeah. making those. <laughs> oh, Jesus. But I'm pretty sure that, yeah, you could probably just put any sticker of a face over a glory hole and cut out a hole yeah. where the mouth is, and it, there you go. But my glory hole cover will be sanitary because it'll be like... The hole where the hole is will have like a disinfectant. Okay, so how part. about this? How about this? How about this? <laughs> it's a it's a hole that's coated in, in hand sanitizer, yes. right? Yes. But I the like picture this. of you that goes around the glory hole is actually you like in scrubs with like a little spray bottle spraying <laughs> Whoa. the hole. Whoa. <laughs> All right, now just it's not so sexy. they know that whatever they're sticking it in, it's clean. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Or I was just thinking that it was my face and like the hole was where my mouth is. Right. But. It could yeah, exactly. be that. But what I'm saying is, if, if we're I, adding the whole sanitation it, aspect to it, what we're doing is we're saying these are superior glory holes that'll be the and it's Sarah just version really, it's just really good marketing <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. first of all there should be little parts of the sticker that you can pull off so you can use the mouth or the eye sockets first of all for that's first <gasps> oh, secondly this it would be becoming... way easier if the if it was just the mouth and then the nose was actually a purell dispenser oh <laughs> that makes sense that makes sense wow if you heard a man giggling in the background, uh, Mr. David McGuire is going to be helping us out running sound tonight. So. Hi! <laughs> <laughs> if you want to throw out some hilarious things or laugh, it's just it's going to make us feel better inside. So go ahead and laugh. Yeah, just giggle away, Dave. Just do your Dave. Giggle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Wow. A little less Pillsbury Doughboy. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, so <laughs> it's been a couple weeks since we've hung out. Uh, yeah. What have you guys been watching? Okay, so I saw The Giver. Ah. Okay, the only critique I have about it mm-hmm. is that it was awesome in the beginning. I felt like they really flashed out the story really well. But then it got totally rushed and clusterfucked toward the end. Like, they just came to a conclusion way too fast, hmm. acting like there was going to be a sequel. Like, you know how at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy, they were saying, you know, the Guardians will return? Yes. I felt like they should have done, like, the Giver will return, you know? <laughs> because it just felt wow. like it was just too incomplete, you know? They they gave hmm. the big, the big ta-da, the big plot twist hmm. right at the end, and you felt like, oh my god, they could have done so much more with that. You could have seen so much more happen, like... Oh, it was just such a beautiful moment that I felt that they could have really expanded on. But it was part of this whole, like, building tension sequence and, like, you know, hero's journey montage part mm-hmm. of the movie. And that was the end of it. And I was just totally, unfortunately, underwhelmed, Oh, I think. Okay. 
I will say Jeff Bridges, mm-hmm. amazing as always, because I mean it's the dude. Like yeah. Jeff Bridges is always never never gonna fail. Uh, but the exception of R.A.P.D. But that <laughs> one was for money. <laughs> <laughs> you could tell that Jeff Bridges and Meryl Streep did this movie because of the message. Okay, and because of the legacy of the book. Yeah. Disclaimer: uh, If you hear any music in the background, neighbors are having a party. They're not really a whole hell of a lot we can do about that. <laughs> This is true. If you would like to send them pipe bombs, their address is... Whoa! <laughs> the next sound you'll be hearing in the next couple minutes. And NSA, if you're listening, we're kidding! Just, Just kidding! kidding. <laughs> okay. Wow. Uh, right. back, we back, 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 back. Back to the giver. Okay. So, um, yeah. Like, I just felt like... Was he a giver? <laughs> oh, he gave a lot. Yeah. Oh, he gave a lot. See, I felt like Meryl Streep and Jeff Bridges really did this because... You could tell that the message that the film had was a very powerful and relevant message. Mm-hmm. Um, and their performances were top quality. Really, they are the best part of the film for me. And Good. even though the film really changed a lot of key points about the book, um, I know a lot of fans of the book are kind of pissed off that they put this whole love yeah. um, story element into it and, and like made the main character older. Mm-hmm. Um and that just kind of, you know, they're, of course, they're appealing to a mass audience. They're yeah. going to try and do that, whatever. Uh, I felt like that relationship worked and it didn't, you know, like it wasn't really that necessary. You could tell that like, OK, the main character and the female, the whatever her name, I forget her name, but basically the love interest. Yeah. Their friendship mm-hmm. was already well established from the start. Their affection for each other, well established. You didn't have to add this sort of like, oh, first kiss jitters kind of piece to it to really oh, make it. Yeah, that's know. unfortunate. But, yeah. you know, it is probably just a thing that they're doing to just appeal to more tweens. Yeah, yep. they're just trying the to make it another Hunger Games Twilight yeah. sort yeah. of deal. Yeah. And I guess it was effective in that regard because it's done really well at the box office. And All right. I mean, I will say, though, as a regular kind of moviegoer, it had its flaws, but I liked it. Cool. Sean, what about you? I saw Sin City. Oh. Two. Oh. Return of the City. <laughs> uh, this I actually, time with I more did sin. enjoy it. I enjoyed it, but it was it didn't have the 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 boom, if you will, of the first one because the first Sin City was so different and the color schemes and the way they shot it was so different. And now that it's kind of been co opted by some other films and also like other Frank Miller movies have use the same style like the spirit and 300 it didn't have that same effect that it did when it was so new but because i'm a fan of the comics i actually enjoyed it uh ava green i can draw naked from memory now (laughs) (laughs) almost all all the movie i hear that she's pretty much naked yeah i which was totally fine with me and (laughs) i've heard a lot of a lot of bad reviews for it said that her performance is what saved it for them but uh, her american accent faded into so many different things I could hear throughout it. It was like I heard a little bit of British. And at one point in the movie, um, I, I she straight up went into some sort of Latin accent <laughs> for about 10 seconds. And I was like, uh, wh-? it was so. That's kind of random. Ava Green's yeah. accent was, in general yeah. is strange. I mean, she's what? She's British and French. Is that where her background is anyway? She's French tish. Well, that being said, like, I get why you're kind of like, what? Confused? Because she's kind of a confusing person, I feel. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, so did I wanted to ask you, Sean, did you feel like this style was kind of past its prime? No, that's why no. I, I mean, it's just because it is. I am such a fan of the comic. If you want it, the, the Sin City movies compared to every other comic book movie, this is one of the only ones that literally puts the page on the screen and, and only makes okay. minor changes 
to the visuals and as well as the the dialogue. It, it was because I read a Dame to Kill for just before it came out because I wanted to bone up on it and no, pun intended. Avery, <laughs> I hope you're listening. Uh, but yeah. it was it. That, I will give yes, it that. that that's is. one of the things. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of the things that's really great about Sin City is that it is literally the comic put onto the screen. Okay, fair enough. That's cool. Uh, well, I saw um, Magic in the Moonlight, which is the new Woody Allen movie mm. with Colin Firth and Emma Stone. Oh, yeah. How was you it? You lost me at Colin Firth. <sighs> Whatever. Jerk. <laughs> um, so I think... I, hmm. It was disappointing. <laughs> it was flat out disappointing. Um, I happen to think that Colin Firth is a really good actor, and this movie did not show that at all, except for the very beginning and the very end. Uh-huh. Um, I thought that it was really, really awkward to have him have this sexual tension budding romance with Emma Stone, which I'm just in there saying with the age discrepancy, no wonder it's a Woody Allen movie. Um, <laughs> Oh God! Are you saying that they were just like Woody Allen's basically living vicariously through? I'm, yeah, well, did she play I mean, his stepdaughter? Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> Ew. So that it was just like it was like as this thing was starting, I just kind of was like, this is knowing that this is a Woody Allen movie. This is really creepy to me. Aww. This is really really creepy. Um, and. That would be like if Jerry Sandusky wanted to make a football movie. It's like, I'm going to remake Little Giants. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, no. <laughs> why, God? Why? Oh, sweet Christ. Uh, Akbar! Akbar! No. <laughs> but anyway. Um, I mean, it was. It's a. <laughs> making Dave go into. Relax. He's having a conniption. He is having a conniption. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks, sound guy. Yeah. <laughs> Come back to us. Um anyway, so the <laughs> the thing is, is with this with this movie, it's like got the same kind of punchy dialogue you would expect from a Woody Allen movie. Like even the opening credits, it just feels like a Woody Allen movie. It always is, isn't it? The right? black and the white. Yeah, and the, yeah. And the music. So, yeah, yeah, and even with his whole like liking the nineteen twenties and France that you saw in Midnight in Paris, this definitely ca- carries over in this movie. So it kinda had the makings of being like a good typical Woody Allen movie, yeah. but it just fell flat. And I mean even then it was a good premise. Mm. Um Emma Stone kind of plays this uh, psychic and Colin Firth is she's like so she's kind of convincing this whole family she's a psychic and Colin Firth is being sent there to um, prove that she's a fake huh. and there's a nice twist to it and it's kind of interesting and I mean it's like it's got the makings of being really good except for the fact that it just falls flat was it a comedy yeah it's a comedy it's yeah and is that where it kind of falls flat in the no comedy, the, the jokes are pretty good it's just the the awkward relationship it's uh, unbelievable the relationship mm. that they develop is weird and some of the personality traits that Colin Firth takes throughout the movie just feel really weird mm. and it doesn't feel natural is there a lot of walking and talking yes as per usual of a Woody Allen sure feature. I mean it, yeah it's all dialogue heavy obviously exactly, right uh, not as much walking but like driving through oh. the south of France you know <laughs> but, Colin Firth yeah. uh, shaky neurotic fellow <laughs> no well he's neurotic mm. but he's not shaky he, he's Ma. extremely smug and full of himself in this there movie. you like, go that's the thing he's like he is absolutely like obsessed with himself and how smart he is hmm. so anyway it's it's Probably worth seeing, like, 
midweek and you just want to watch something and it happens to be on Netflix streaming. That's that's how I would say watch it. But otherwise, you can probably just give it a pass if it's still in theaters. So, that's fair. Yeah. There's now a dog barking Will outside. someone tell that dog to shut the fuck up? Maybe you can go watch this Woody Allen movie and get bored to death and then <laughs> oh, fall asleep. Oh, no. Oh, shit. Oh, snap. <laughs> Don't like that, dude. That reminds me of that one scene in basketball when he, when he's playing the audio recording of the horse whisperer. <laughs> oh my god, that was oh, that is and the so guy falls funny. Like, <laughs> and he gets, I love that he just gets the pillow. And he's, like, he's, he's holding the recording up, like, huh? Walks over to him, holds it up to his head, puts the pillow on the other side, and says, "Yeah, going down." Best psych out she looked ever. into the weather. She looked into the weather cowboy's face. Oh, Let's right. go do that to this dog right You're now. Right. <laughs> well, on that note, welcome to Nerds on Film. I'm Sarah Ashley. I'm Roxina Berry. And I am Sean Moriarty. Awesome. And Brian because- Moriarty is oh, yeah. busy acting up a storm. Yes. Yep. Yes. He is rehearsing his brains out. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's not going to be here. Um, he is sorely missed. And we are purposely putting off some pretty awesome episodes uh, on his behalf so he can be there for them. Yeah. But... What we wanted to do tonight, and as Roxy so wonderfully segued, <laughs> it was, you did so well, it was perfect. Um, tonight, we are going to do an underrated movie spotlight, mm-hmm. where we just gab about something that, I mean, it doesn't have the highest score on Rotten Tomatoes, but god damn it, we love this movie so we much. Do. It's basketball. <laughs> yes, slow clap. I have something to say about that. Go ahead, Sean. To start out. First of all, 1998. Not a whole lot of critics, not like there are today, not as big of a pool. So the percentage on Rotten Tomatoes would be different today. Two, Matt Stone and Trey Parker were brand new and people didn't like them because of a lot of offensive humor that they had because they were groundbreaking. And so I believe that there was already a bias against them just before people even saw the movie. I agree. I agree. I mean, they had just started South Park, right? So they weren't even sure if it was going to pan out. So they did this movie I kind of, you know... On a, on a whim, um, hoping for some success and really just kind of getting their careers started. Yeah. You know, so that's what I love about this movie so much. It's just you see a young Matt Stone and Trey Parker at, you know, at the beginning. I mean, just look at freaking Trey Parker's hair. Like, I know. Both I of know. their hair. <laughs> I know. Just they look ridiculous. It's okay. perfect. It's great. <laughs> and this is, you know, post Cannibal the Musical, yeah. post Orgasmo. So they've already kind of built up some, like, really bizarre cult following. Very cult following. Um, but they're babies. Yeah, they're babies. yeah. And it's it's great. It's wonderful. And um, the, so this movie came out, what, we already said 1998, right? Mm-hmm. But more than yep. that just being a Matt Stone, Trey Parker movie, this is also a David Zucker movie. Oh, yeah. Yes. And David Zucker being the mastermind behind such gems as Airplane. <laughs> and I'm, The Naked Gun. And The Naked Gun. Oh, my God. He's a comedic genius. Yeah. <laughs> Two generations of comedy prowess meeting together mm-hmm. to scary. blast a hilarious scary movies. Oh, scary, yeah, scary movies, yeah. Scary movies, three through five. Okay, yeah. right. Oh, so, we don't mention those, Dave. Yeah, so, we I mean, those. we're not saying that David Zucker <laughs> shits gold every time. <laughs> But we know okay. that this is a man who knows how to do spoofs, and this is absolutely a sports movie spoof. Yes, but it goes so much more. It goes so much more beyond that mm-hmm. with its humor. So I think it's. I think it's perfect, and um, I watched yeah. this movie way more times than I can count in high school. 
Really? Like, I wore that VHS yep. out because I no. loved it so goddamn much. Man, the first time I saw this movie, I thought I was being punked. Like, I, I didn't understand what was happening <laughs> to me because I didn't understand why this movie was, like, doing what it was doing and how it could do it as well as it could. Like, it was trolling me really hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that was my reaction. I don't yeah. know. Sean? I, I, t- I kind of get that. I saw the movie in the theater. Oh, and okay. I was so well. I remember. I hope he's listening. Uh, Peter Schmidt, who was the director of uh, performing arts at the high school I was going to, I remember he went and saw it, and he told me he's like, "That was the worst movie I've ever seen." And then I really? went and saw it, and I was like, <laughs> "I can't take this motherfucker seriously anymore." <laughs> he's I like, can't. every time I'm in one of his classes, and he tells me something, I'm gonna be like, "Fuck you! You don't like basketball." <laughs> but I loved it too. I saw it way more times after that. I rented the VHS. I hadn't bought it until I want to say five or six years ago. I bought it because it was I saw it on a rack somewhere and was like, "How do I not own this movie?" And <laughs> yeah. I I I loved it so much at the time that a buddies of mine actually played basketball at really? our old school. Yeah, at this at our junior high school, we you just used chalk to make the first, second, third, and uh, home run lines. And you can actually play it. I mean, David Zucker played it. He started it as a real game in the 80s. He played with his friends. Yeah, and actually, so the the scene where they're before the league becomes official and gets bought out by Ernest Borgnine, of all people. The last Um, big neighborhood game. Yeah, the last big neighborhood game was actually an almost direct reenactment of their fifth annual um, like basketball champion cup yeah. that they had. And I guess they had to like block off two city blocks in LA yeah. because it was so popular. Like they had some local news stations come down. Sarah, um, what? You are such a fucking hockey fan. You just threw cup in there randomly. You're like the fifth <laughs> champion. <laughs> All I know about sports is you get some sort of cup at the end, right? Hockey, they call it right? the Denslow Cup in the fucking no, movie. So that's where I got that from. Fuck you. Oh, okay. I was. <laughs> I just never heard Champion Cup. Oh, trademark nerdonomy. Nobody can ever Sean call you Champion, Champion Cup. Sean just wants to call you on, on your hockey thing because no one supports him in his football thing. I'm, I'm sorry, Sean. <laughs> oh, well, Dave likes football too. What? Wait, what the fuck are you talking about? Well, and I'm, I'm how- pretty sure America supports me. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I have all of Canada. Almost. Canada supports me. Right, Roxy? You represented us. Fucking right, I do. <laughs> oh my god. I just love it when, like, because the Broncos had their their home opener today, right? And he's like, "Guys, I'm missing this for the for the recording," and we're just like, "Broncos." <laughs> That's polo, right? So polo. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure it's cricket. <laughs> <I'm> like, what? <laughs> but we all know disgusted. that a sport that we can all enjoy and appreciate is basketball. Yes, it is. <laughs> My, I love the fact that the like official arena for uh-huh. basketball is so cartoonish, yeah, and colorful, and like everyone's wearing those beer hats, yeah, and, and the strippers yeah, are. The stri- I'm sorry, the cheerleaders <laughs> <laughs> are really oh, great. Which is, God. can I just say? As like as much as I, it's gratuitous to see the different types of slutty cheerleaders at yes. every single like arena, and the San Francisco the one is San pretty Francisco hilarious. Fairies. <laughs> Spelled F E R R I E S. Yes, but they're male cheerleaders. Double entendre. Oh, so um, and there's some hot male cheerleaders. You can yeah, they are. They beat they're, your clothes against those gentlemen, and they'd some be yeah. clean Great afterwards. Great beefcakes, but yes. the thing is, is like as gratuitous as it is, it really is kind of this 
interesting yeah. point of this is the role of women in sports. Yes, it is. So <laughs> I saw this thing where they talked about how each team in the basketball league, yeah. like how they named them, it's, yeah. I think it's oh. genius. Like here's a couple of the ideas. The Milwaukee Beers is a reference to the numerous beer breweries mm-hmm. in the, around Milwaukee. Um, and then the Dallas Felons. <laughs> that just, you don't have to have, say anything else. What's that? You don't have to say anything else after that explains itself. Yeah. It kind of does. Okay. Miami Dealers, the yeah. New Jersey Informants, the San Francisco Ferries, the Roswell <laughs> Aliens, the LA Riots. The LA, the LA Riots. Riots was so, so fucking <laughs> funny. This is angry Latinos. I know. <laughs> oh, God. And the cheerleaders. What was the San Antonio team? The San Antonio Defenders, because they're defending yeah, San Antonio the Alamo. Defenders One, because two, three. They do their Fuck thing. the Mexicans. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my god. I love the one where um what was it? Oh yeah, so the one where they're playing the Miami Dealers and then uh, <laughs> Trey comes out wearing a DEA jacket. Yeah, oh he just stands with his back <laughs> to the guy with the DEA jacket and he's like, "Oh god," and he runs away. Oh. <laughs> Guys, the psychouts were the best part of the they're, movie. I really well, loved actually, them. I, their psychouts are really fucking good. So and good. some of my favorite I love the one with the um the little people spinning plates. Yeah. He's looking really yeah, good. Just like, out. "Oh my god, he's and He's leading him out like, hi. <laughs> and wait, isn't there a moment where like uh, he's turned away from the camera and then all of a sudden you just like hear like alien noises and apparently his face like transforms into like, oh, yeah. oh, no, he's like, he's like, oh, you want to see his scary face? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a Beetlejuice ripoff. It is a Beetlejuice ripoff. Because you see like what looks like yeah. snakes and stuff sticking out of the sides. And right. The- okay. You guys, I like spiritually connected to Squeak. Oh my God, Squeak! He's like, you my guys bag on me like 14, 15 more times. I'm out of here. <laughs> like, like the best one. I love the thing where he's like, okay, if I make this, you guys can't call me Squeak. Okay, or bitch, or bitch, or bitch. And then he goes and he misses it completely because they're like Steve Perry, and he throws, he's like, what? Throws it way off. It lands on the dog, and they're like, oh, sorry, Squeak. And he's like, yeah, now you gotta go get the ball, bitch. <laughs> dog every time it just Jesus, flies through the window, window. <laughs> they're oh. so horrible to him too because he's like how am i supposed to get it ch-? they show him like the dog bed is his bed yeah it's yeah a box in there he's like how am i supposed to get a chicken that and they're like <laughs> you could get, get a chicken, chicken if you had a hundred dollar bill hanging out of your zipper <laughs> yeah i could no you couldn't you're a little bitch <laughs> no i'm not a little bitch you're a piece of shit <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that leads me to my next point. The uh, fact is, this movie was largely improvised. Yeah. They only mm-hmm. use like 10% of the script according to them. Yep. <laughs> yep. So that's fucking genius, yeah. you know? There's there's some really good, really, really good gags in this movie yes. that, I mean, I think they just totally have the, like, the Matt Stone, Trey Parker stamp, yeah. you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the... <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love this part of the movie when it's like kind of hit the emotional climax of the movie and he's driving in the car I'm the song! and the car yeah. radio song is playing and it's like this like kind of like random generic like motivating song like yeah. when you fall and you gotta get up uh, <laughs> and yeah, he always does the James Hetfield style and you gotta be right <laughs> yeah. and he's like driving along and all of a sudden it's like and even when some rich guys trying to blackmail you and he's like what the fuck what the looking fuck? at this thing and, all the, the radio. and the girlfriend thinks you suck <laughs> and my favorite line is and the sports on your dick aren't gonna go away unless you start using topical cream every day <laughs> and he's like looking at his junk and like what the fuck speaking of junk there when the scene when they were in the locker room yes! they're completely oh naked. my god 
on. And he like Giant swings dick. and it just flies up. <laughs> shot other giant oh, shafts my god can i say oh this is one thing i had forgotten but there are two quotes from this movie that i say on the regular on a regular really? basis that i forgot where they had come from because it's been a while since i've seen this movie huh. but it's the um the one where uh he um i think it was matt stone just yells out i take care of my women's and then the other oh, one no. <laughs> Bob Costas is like, you're excited. Feel these nipples. Bob Costas and Al Michaels really oh my God. fucking killed it in that so movie because they're respectable sports journalists. Yes. I, I just saw Al Michaels announcing, like, the doing the pregame for the Broncos game just now. And the whole time I'm just thinking, and can you believe five years ago those girls were only in grade school? <laughs> and they're like dancing and he's just in there going, yeah. Okay, the closing <laughs> scene mm-hmm. of the movie it's after the credits oh yeah it's just the two of them going in for a kiss and yeah, you just, just pull the thing down like, lower so, the yeah. screen oh my god it's so good okay let's talk about the women in this movie uh yasmine bleeth and jenny mccarthy yeah okay my favorite line of yasmine bleeth <laughs> when we're oh god <laughs> when when like, <laughs> is it when they're in the locker room yeah uh, no oh, where she's uh, he's talking about i've been the oh she says you know i'm the director of the dream come true foundation and then he goes, oh, is that the one that Grant's wishes sick and dying kids, oh, right? Yeah. She goes, oh, well, I, I like to think of them as health challenged and survival impaired. Health challenged <laughs> and survival impaired. She just says that so straight. I know. I, I know. She's a, she's a really, really oh. good straight woman in this movie. Yeah. Um, the thing where, like, the part where they're in the locker room and she <laughs> sees they're, like, ridiculously huge dogs that... <laughs> Like, I mean, to, to I don't get know it. if it's ridiculous. I mean, it's. <laughs> are you kidding me? Um, Some the, people are like shut that. Shut up, and we Sean. Appreciate, I mean, not we. I mean, <laughs> they would appreciate to not be treated as freaks. Okay. Okay. Well, the scene where they're. It's like they put the, the folders down on the bench, and there's just that shot of the bench and, like,. They're <laughs> pairs of legs, but also something extra yeah, yep, yep, just yep. in between those legs. And you're just like, oh, my God. <laughs> and then I guess like, you don't have to have an NC-17 rating if you can't see the head. Ah. Well, except for the fact that it does swing up yeah. and go uh, before, around. But, but and that you was hear before the, the days of DVD second, yeah. when you could really pause it and see, which I did to see if they really had full form. And it was. What else would yeah. you do on a weekend? Of course it was full form. <laughs> it was full form. There was even fake veins on it and everything. Only Sean Moriarty would pause. No, I he... absolutely paused that scene when I was in high school. Wow. And I went back frame by frame. Because <laughs> it was VHS and you I could You did it when that. you were in high school. I did it. Two days ago. Yes. Two days ago. <laughs> yes. And that's not a joke. Well, Katie was Sean, here, so I'm really glad that you're butting into your sexuality now. Uh, I'm really proud of you. God. No, I've always been fascinated with dicks. <laughs> <laughs> but My own, other people's, one's on TV, one's in art, one sticking out of the wall with Roxy's face pressed against it Shut and a fat head kind of thing. <laughs> I better Glory hole cover, I believe it's called. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. We literally started this conversation with glory holes. Uh, yes, we did. I, yeah, is that wrong to want to put the glory hole cover on the other side so like the dick's coming out of one of your eyes or like coming out of your mouth? <laughs> that would be pretty uh, that'd be pretty amazing, I That's think. That's pretty graphic. Like, but I like you, it. Did you ever want to make out with Roxy and have your throat full of cock at the same time? <laughs> well, if you buy this. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, sweet Christ. Oh. I, I'm gonna start gagging. Okay. Sorry. 
It's real huh. back. Real back. <laughs> Throbbing <laughs> cock. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, we still are on the subject of cock. I don't yeah, know I mean, okay. but squeak. The scene when he's dressed in the giant pineapple. Oh, <laughs> you guys are you guys are tarnishing the lagoon of peace or whatever he said. He's like, how can you be fighting on the Malaka Laka board? <laughs> <laughs> and how earnestly he delivered that whole monologue. <laughs> he goes, he goes, so hey, well. would you just stop it? Would you just hold on a minute? Look at you guys fighting on the monologue. <laughs> you should be ashamed of yourselves. Back in the driveway, we were nothing. Now we've risen to the highest level, but you're throwing it all away. If you've forgotten what basketball means to America, you have only to look at this board. The Malaka Laka Balance Board of Trust. <laughs> the Malaka Laka Balance Board <laughs> I can't. It's so good. Give me, give me, give me. do it. I can't do it. Okay. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Uh, don't you don't you see what we have here? A game where guys with bad backs and bad knees can get together and compete on the same field as guys that are all goosed up on steroids. But more than anything, isn't this game about getting together with your friends and just having a good time? I remember. I remember long ago. I didn't have anybody. You guys took me in. I guess that's why it kills me to see you like this. If we can't be friends... Then the heart and soul are out of this game, certainly out of me. I know I'll never get that back again. We have sullied the waters of the Lagoon of Peace. I'm begging you, for the love of our Caribbean brothers, dude, stop this madness. <laughs> and then the thing breaks and he goes flying across. And he goes the flying stadium. and lands in the fireworks. And then, and then the, as the board's going over and they're like holding onto the edge and like it's the like Titanic. Titanic. And they're just like, remember, hit your breath, hold your breath before we hit the water. I'll never let go. I'll never let go. <laughs> they oh land in, God. and then of course, the most ultimately <gasps> awesomely awkward scene in the whole movie. They just start making out with each other. <laughs> of course oh, they and have it's to. So good. Oh, like it's so awkward. It's like, but, like really tonguey. Mm, mm. Speaking of tonguey. Speaking of really tonguey. Yeah. <laughs> Jenny McCarthy. Really tonguey, Jenny McCarthy jumping on Matt Stone at the end. <laughs> she really fucking hit a home run with oh, that yeah. one. She was yes, buried her tongue in his face. That was that was committed. That was very that committed. Was committed. Jenny McCarthy was hilarious in this movie. And when she's she just shows her? up with a trailer yeah. hitch that all the chrome's <laughs> been sucked off of and she's got all over her face and she's like, I got all the chrome off of this for you. And then she holds up another one. You want me to start on this one? <laughs> I love so the part good. where she when the buffering. Yeah, yeah, no, no. She's well. She's laying the carpet first, and then and then there's that scene where you're like, "Wow, this is." Oh, she actually is laying carpet, and then he's like, "I think my lobby could use a good buffering." And she's like, "Oh, I know exactly what you mean." She's like down the lobby with the buffer. She's like, she's she literally like hits buffering. the trophy, like hits the trophy thing over, and she's like, "I can't do this shit." Do you know, we've only. We've only mentioned him for a second, but Academy Award winner Ernest Borgnine. Oh, we have to talk about Ernest. In this movie. As as Ted Denslow, the fucking hot yes. dog, the I'm billionaire never hot dogs again. <laughs> the little bit he does in the very beginning, when they're like, when he asks them if he can make basketball <laughs> into a professional sport, and they go, "No, man," and he goes. You kids with your loud music and your Dan Fogelberg, your Zima, <laughs> Zima. hula hoops, and Pac-Man video games, don't you see? 
People today have attention spans that can only be measured in nanoseconds. It's and, so fucking hilarious. And then it like cuts over to Matt Stone who's yeah. like staring at a bird in a branch. <laughs> and he's still staring at it in the background yeah. and they're still talking. I love the fact that like <laughs> when he goes like with your Dan Fogelberg and your like Dan Trey Parker's face is like Dan Fogelberg. I know because all I know of Dan Fogelberg is that he's a guy with long weird hair and a beard that was on record covers my parents listened to and I hated. That's wow. all I know. <laughs> it was oh my oh god. my god that whole scene was so fun at the beginning yeah. of this movie all the pre-basketball stuff like the pre-official baseball mm-hmm. stuff was just as good yeah. as the stuff that happens during the rest of the movie oh my right? god the intro the intro perfect Oh my so god! Smart. The part where it's they kind so of good. are explaining yeah. the state of sports. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Yep. Sean, oh do the, Sean, you have to do it. Do them all. All right. So they're explaining the state of sports and how celebrations have become bigger than the actual game and how it's all lost all its flavor. They talked about there was they went with interleague play with the American League and the National League playing each other, and then when that got old, they went to intersports play, and it's like a football player hitting a ball into the outfield, <laughs> and before the guy can catch it, another football player tackles the shit out of him. Yeah. <laughs> And then they describe about how the teams got to move. And they, 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 the, if you're a sports fan, you're going to laugh at this. The Minneapolis Lakers move to Los Angeles where there are no lakes. The Houston Oilers move to Tennessee where there is no oil. The Jazz move to Salt Lake City where they didn't allow music. The Oakland Raiders move to L.A., then back to Oakland. No one in L.A. seemed to notice. <laughs> I, I love that part where the jazz yeah. moved to Salt Lake City where they don't allow music. <laughs> just the graphic they showed on the map where it's just like bouncing yeah. back and forth. Yeah. So That's not funny. true, though. There is great music in that they allow in Utah, but it's only all female choirs and they all have to be the wife of one person. <laughs> Oh is that real? No, that's <laughs> not real. It should be real. It should really? Be. <laughs> oh, Utah, you're so good at polygamy and salt. Yeah. <laughs> and then just the the introduction of of Coop and Reamer. Oh, like lo- young baby Coop is like, oh. someday I want to be a big sports star. And then he's like drunk, peeing on somebody's porch, going, someday you know, I'm going to own a sports bar. <laughs> someday I'm going to own a big sports bar. <laughs> Oh my god, and they're in the room going through her panties. Oh, the mom. Panty drawer. Yeah, yeah, the panty drawer. And oh my god, he just starts licking the vibrator. Yeah. He's just <laughs> like, oh, I am so jealous of you. And he's licking, and then the girl walks in. She's like, what are you guys doing in my mom's room? And, she, and he opens the underwear, and, and it's like giant huge. red panties. And like, I love just <laughs> Matt Stone. He's just like, he still has his tongue on yeah. it, and it's like frozen. And she's yeah. like, uh, and he just drops it, and it's like vibrating. <laughs> And that's the first time that you hear one of the lines that's used throughout the movie that I think our entire generation did for at least two years, which was, ah, ah, ah. Yeah. Ah, ah. Because they do that through the whole movie. The whole movie. True that. It's like the perfect reaction to some of the weirdest shit that happens. It's like, ah, ah. It's almost Chandler-ish. Yeah, it's very Chandler-ish. Oh, oh. Dave's Dave, you're allowed to make a comment <laughs> Dave was getting bored. I had to get him back in. It's like that part where he's like doing the psych out and he's yeah. like drink, he's drinking, drinking the fat. Uh, Marlon Brando's fat. <laughs> oh, it's, it's so, so salty. salty and warm. <laughs> oh, oh, this guy ate a lot of pork. Oh, he ate a lot of pork. He ate a lot of pork. <laughs> I just love the, I like the part, like just so, that whole opening scene of like what motivates them to do basketball yeah. in the first place and like just the judgment that they're going on from being complete fucking losers, right? Like yep. one of the best lines in the movie happens like obviously within the first five minutes where 
they're like, oh, yeah, we graduated with your daughter. And he goes, you graduated? I'm like, of course we graduated, <laughs> cock beer. Cock beer. <laughs> we used to say cock beer about everything. Yeah. <laughs> like, it would always be cock beer yeah. at the end of everything. <gasps> Ask, right? I, if, if Does that make Jordan sense now? If Jordan is listening, you know this to be true. <laughs> oh. Dave just got the text message that was sent to him earlier today. <laughs> he, just, he just had an epiphany about it. Yeah. Okay, I will say this. There was a really, like nice piece about it with the kid oh yeah the little kid right Mm -hmm. where he's like getting like completely drunk in the bar with them while watching jerry springer yeah no my favorite part was in the the hospital oh jesus (laughs) and they're trying they like sit Uh, on his air tube you see you guys really enjoy that scene but i thought it was way too similar to the it was like a recycled airplane gag here's the thing i actually that's probably one of my least favorite scenes in the movie too yeah um, there's there's certain parts of the movie that I just think are too gaggy and like too much. and that one kind of had me but then it like the very end where they go stick the syringe in the outlet and then you know there's the shot of them like being electrocuted with their hair like all going yeah. up that yeah. was too much that was over that was too much that's fair. Uh, which that's is crazy fair. because this movie is too much in general exactly though that's my point like if they want to go all out I mean mm-hmm. I think it was Trey Parker who even said like. We're going to offend everybody. Yeah. We're not going to leave any stone unturned because we don't want to be big. And the offensive humor is the funniest part. Yeah. It's the some of the other gaggy humor that's yeah. not so funny that is yeah, the not three as good. Yeah, just humor. Like, totally. Like the uh, um, him spinning uh, when Squeak is spinning in the spa, the hot tub. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like that was silly. That yeah. didn't need to yeah. be there. Oh, the whole thing oh. about the playmate of the year. Oh, my God. Yeah, oh, I my God. I love that. I love that. He's like, he's like. Who is that? Who does it look like? Victoria Silfstead, Playman of the Year. Duds, Victoria Silfstead, Playman of the Year. <laughs> and then like it. that callback later when he's like, fine, <laughs> go off to your your big bank accounts and your fancy cars and your celebrity friends and your Victoria Silfstead, Playman of the Year. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I think the reason I was bringing the kid up at all is because in the like in the last part when um. The kids make it to the yeah. game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they have that moment where he gives him the ball. Yeah, it's and not Lazy Boy, it's Barker Lounger because yeah, he had to make his own ball. <laughs> he made it himself. That's so sweet. Yeah. You can just see, like, how genuinely loving that moment mm-hmm. was. And it was, yeah. you know, it wasn't gag. It wasn't, like, you know, gross out. It, it was, was sentimental. genuinely sweet. Yeah. What? It was all sentimental, It was Mike. very sentimental. It was good. I, I just think it's really funny that, like, in a super duper stupid comedy box, he's like, there was like this really genuine moment. It's true. It gave them, it made sense for me. Like the whole time I'm sitting there going, what the fuck is happening? And then this actually kind of like <laughs> sentimental, nice, genuine moment happens. Yes. It is a great genuine moment. Yeah. It was. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. it, and you think, thank God Jerry Sandusky never made a film and this <laughs> film, because what would have that scene been? <laughs> And he's back. Stop bringing it back. Can I say, I love the part where um, they're doing... It's okay because he's dead. Ha! Oh, my God. God. Okay, the fact that Robert Sack was in this movie and actually doing um, (laughs) Unsolved Mysteries was beautiful. Oh, God. We still have no fucking clue where this guy is. No fucking clue. (laughs) At the the part, though, where he's like... Um, I sure wish I could be that guy's girlfriend. I wish I could wrap my legs around <laughs> yeah. him, look lovingly into his eyes over a morning coffee. And, like, <laughs> and they, and they throw just water throw the water. He's <laughs> like, oh god. <laughs> oh, so but good. the best part of that whole unsolved mysteries thing is when they go to Yasmin oh, Bleeth and she's like, "If you're looking for Joe Cooper, I suggest you look wherever you find the most heinous, 
blatant and vile exploitation of children on the planet. And then it cuts to Robert Stack and he goes, scenario number two, Coop went to Disney World. <laughs> oh shit. Oh shit. What? When he goes to India. Oh And yeah. the hard hats. The hard hats. Oh. It was so ridiculous. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> He's like, Do the authorities know about this? <laughs> oh my god. It was And their hard hats are just plastic turbans. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. So while we're wrapping like I there's so many other awesome things about this movie. There like, are, but the one thing we have to talk about is how fucking nineties this movie oh, is. Oh yeah, God, but rollerblades. Okay, first step no. Real big fish. Yes! I am real still a fish. real big fish fan. Who owes their fucking career to this movie? Yes. Because Pretty much. their cover of Take On Me exactly. wasn't popular until the music video that they did that tied into the movie. Exactly, awesome. yes. This is the this is the movie where I discovered Real Big Fish yeah? and it changed my life forever. Nice. It, I love it. Yeah. Love it. Good times. Man, I mean, it's all about referees on rollerblades and Yasmin Bleeth's blowout. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, super 90s. Or just even and extras. The yeah. ultimate 90s song was also in this movie. Scatman. I'm the Scatman. Oh, God. And that catchy until he starts actually like trying to drop knowledge on you and you're like, this old creepy looking man is screaming nonsense at me. True that. Did you get the Macarena in this? No. No. That would have been too 90s. David, you're fired. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> oh, oh, how about the fact that they did a reference to the Foster's beer commercials? <gasps> yes. Uh, Which... Had to speak San Franciscan. <laughs> vagina. He pulled the guy's vagina. pants down. And then the kid later, Coop, what's a vagina? <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, that was like, that was, that joke would be so lost on so many people now. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Trey Parker did two voices from South Park. He did Garrison and mm-hmm. Cartman. And Cartman. I forgot about how much Reamer cares about kids. <laughs> how much Doug Reamer cares about kids. And then he's trying to psych out the, the fat he's like, They're like, I love this. I love the setup for this joke. This is what made this work so well. When yeah. He's like, I don't know what to do for this guy. Yeah. He's, he hasn't been missing anything all night. Just call him fat. He's like, I'm not going to call him fat. That's really that's mean. Cool. Yeah, he's like, no, no, cool. just be really subtle about it. <laughs> really subtle. Okay. <laughs> hey, I'm fucking fat. <laughs> the <laughs> most fucked up psych out, though, was Squeak when he goes up with the shit written on his hand. Hey, your mother's deaf. And the guy's like, my mother's dead, you idiot. <laughs> he goes, oh, I guess that's why she didn't move around that much. <laughs> Or what about the one where he actually does the, hey, I hear your mom's going out with Squeak. Yeah. Yeah. Like, does it work? Or when he takes off the mask and it's just his face. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. So Dave wants uh, wants us to mention the one where he, like, where Jerry Parker walks up and he's just, like, doing the hi-hat noise, like, holds up his middle finger and then just takes these, like, cutting pliers to him. He's like, oh, my God, what am I doing? And he, like, jokingly cuts off a finger like sprays blood everywhere and like everybody in the audience is like screaming (laughs) the strangest part about that part though is is he cuts his finger off and then when the blood shoots in his eye he goes oh my eye my eye (laughs) as if his finger wasn't hurting it was his eye that was the problem yeah it was that was great and then um the other one that i really loved that he did was when he was being a mime oh my god that's right (laughs) (laughs) all right let's do a whole mime bit all right let's just be silent for like 
Uh, okay right yeah, exactly because right. that's gonna work oh god the roadkill videos <laughs> the ro- what the fuck now, on now how 90s is that because you don't get those types of shows anymore was it dale earnhardt jr or dale earnhardt himself dale that, earnhardt oh, was it the part when they're driving when, in the yeah, race he car, moonlights yeah, yeah. as a cab driver yeah, yeah yeah oh god so good and they just hit yeah. all the raccoons yes and- yes but like but yeah. having that tape the roadkill yeah. caught on tape like that is such a 90s style oh, show okay. having yep, um, and- america's most wanted and jerry springer and Jeez. all this yes. shit playing on the drink every time they fight Oh, oh. <laughs> I, oh, and also saying like, "What's wrong with Coop?" I don't know, but he smells like Christian Slater. And then like the kids going into surgery, and they're like, "What's his sodium levels are really high? What's going on with him?" She's like, "He smells like Robert Downey Jr." Yeah, he's eight years old, and he smells like Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> oh God, when Ernest Borgnine is reading off his will, <gasps> these chaps like Warren Root and Tootin Rhythm. I bequeath to my nephew Herman. I hope he looks as snappy in them as I did. Coop, Coop, do you remember that time we were in Mexico? Is, is everybody gone? Yeah, is that right? No one leaves. He's like, okay, everybody everybody clear the room. Yeah. I just want to talk to Coop alone. Yeah. And nobody leaves. And he's like looking around like, oh, dear God, what's about to happen? And he's like, remember that time you had, you got cramps? You got- well, I found out the perfect thing to do for that cream. He's <laughs> rubbing it on his chest singing, I'm too sexy. I'm too sexy for yeah, my... too sexy by far. <laughs> I can't hear that song without thinking about Ernest Borgnine shirtless. Yeah. <laughs> then again, I can't, you know, do anything without thinking about Ernest Borgnine shirtless. You I have an Ernest Borgnine problem. Yeah, yeah. I can see your face <laughs> and, and, and it's very passionate. It is. Well, you know what it was? It was the scene of the hot dog going up and down <laughs> in his mouth that really got me that hot and bothered. That was so ridiculous. So bad. That was like, so what ridiculous. A horrible gag. <laughs> you know what? I bet you that's that's a Zucker gag. I'm These sure. are the there's like the ones that you can be like that's a Zucker gag this is a South Park gag yeah. and it's like the hot tub yeah. the hot dog <laughs> probably the uh, oh what a terrible thing to happen on Dozig Egg Night where oh, they lose yeah. the game and they're just tucking eggs at it. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> That was so ridiculous. I love that. And there's like free range chicken night. Yeah. <laughs> what was another one? Was it like anal bleaching? Anal night? probe night. Anal probe. Anal night. probe. Night. Come on, this is Roswell. 1998. Anal yeah. bleaching wasn't a thing. No, yet. no, it was some anal thing though. Yeah. <laughs> no, it wasn't. I watched a lot of porn back then, and there was a lot of fences that needed some whitewashing. <laughs> We needed wow. Tom Sawyer to talk some people into some shit, is all I'm saying. Hey, it's called a brown eye for a reason. If they want to keep it brown, let them keep it brown. <laughs> yeah, well, all right. Okay. I mean, uh, honestly, that's a process that you just have to keep redoing yeah. and redoing. I don't know. Something about a brown, brown asshole, I just see Boba Fett falling into it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, you know what God. I really love about this movie overall, though? It's just this commentary on... I'm thinking about getting a tattoo on my anus that makes it look like a south with like a pit, but you could just see Boba Fett's helmet. Oh my god! In the middle. That would really hurt too, probably. Oh, oh I know. Having Boba Fett fall into your asshole. Oh Jesus! No. Yeah, Sarah, no. Oh, take the jetpack off first. Yeah, make it easy. So okay, the whole thing they did about—I thought they really did the it. The clones well. have to watch. Jesus Christ! Sorry. I'm trying to make okay. this a serious. Yeah, we're reeling it back. Reeling it back. We got to wrap Is up. Is it soon. working? I just thought they did a really good job in commentating on the the state of sports as yeah. it is. Yeah. You know, just how cheap it is now. How mm-hmm. you know players get overpaid and overexpected. Overexpected. They're just you know. 
their expectation yeah. to perform is ridiculous. Yeah. And like there was a whole comment about um what what was the quote where he says he's like and everyone will get paid the same just like you know when I was a kid and players were treated like like what like like indentured servants? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's true. <laughs> right. Right. They were underpaid, but at least they enjoyed the game. So, let's wrap this up then and say, yeah. okay, why is it that we think that this movie is it underrated? Why did this one miss it? I mean, obviously, there's a lot of really good jokes there. Yeah. <laughs> so why did this miss the mark? Hmm. Like I said before, I think there was some bias against Matt Stone and Trey Parker that might have made the reviews so bad for it okay. at the time. And there weren't as many reviewers. I mean, now in the days of the internet where you have super nerds controlling the movie uh, criticism market right now. Sure. Yeah. Online. So, like, if Harry Knowles had seen basketball yeah. and actually was a powerhouse critic at the time i think he would have appreciated it more than say roger ebert or peter travers did back then okay I and agree. that's fair and i think also i think it had been a while since we had seen kind of a zucker style spoof mm-hmm. um and i mean if you go back naked gun airplane those kinds of movies have such a cl- i mean they're so classic to us now but I mean, it's not very, it's not great acting, right? No. It's, it's Except great for Leslie joke Nielsen. delivery. Yeah. Which is different. It's kind of almost got a stand-up aspect to it in some yeah, spots, right? Yeah, it really does. So I think what, it was maybe harder for some audiences to kind of switch to that and be like, well, these guys are really shitty actors. And it's not that they're shitty actors, it's just they ha- they're going for something that's very outwardly funny, mm-hmm. very specifically funny. And yeah. this is also kind of, uh, we're at a point of where I think jokes were transitioning into a different kind of humor. Um, so I think this is kind of where we're leaving the um, or, or we're like kind of around like the Ben Stiller and Will Ferrell type funny. And but before we've transitioned into like Steve Carell type funny. Mm. So I think we're kind of at like a very interesting edge where like the audiences are changing a little bit. Yeah. So maybe that this wasn't something that people were going to grab onto. But if you like a quotable movie like a Will Ferrell type movie or something like that, or like Airplane, those kinds of things, then you're going to love this movie. Yeah. So. It's a very good benchmarker for where comedy was yeah. during the era. Yeah. You're right. I agree with you on that. That's a very <coughs> good point you make. I think it's really, it, it, it came through during a kind of awkward transition time. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know, late 90s to early 2000s. Um, what kind of humor was coming up? Mm-hmm. I mean, just look at SNL, too. Like, that type of stuff. What was relevant during that time? Sure. So, I yeah. mean, Adam Sandler, yeah, you're right. Like, that type of humor, that gag stuff. Yeah. Um, you don't see that anymore. You don't really see it. I mean, The Office and whatnot, like... It changed a lot. Yeah. It changed a lot for what we consider funny. It's like, that's the reason why Zach Galifianakis has a career now. You totally. Know? So, yeah. anyway. Yeah. So, um, sure. oh, by the way, uh, we apologize for literally ruining most of the oh, great I know, jokes right? in the yeah. movie. Yeah. All the jokes. About that. <laughs> so retroactively, forget everything you've just listened to. Go back, watch the movie if you haven't, and then come back and talk to us. Yeah, <laughs> all you got to do is run head first into a brick wall, and I guarantee you, you will not remember this podcast. <laughs> you might also not remember how to pee and shit on command and only just do it you know, whenever, but that's okay. because Or no, you can only do it on somebody else's command. Wow. <laughs> Shit, no! Oh! I can't help it! <laughs> wow. God, I wish that was my mutant power. <laughs> oh, God. Just make people be able to shit themselves? God. On command. <laughs> 
Let's get to feedback. Oh, it's a fucking dream. <laughs> oh, God. Listener feedback, quick. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so we didn't really get a whole heck of a lot come in, um, but we did have one that was really important that we um, addressed on the air. So um, Ryan had written in um, and said that we had a bit of a double standard going on in our Bechdel test episode, um, which if you haven't listened to that one, go back last week. It was us, uh, Roxy and I, with the hosts of Girls With Issues podcast, uh, Billy Bones and Vicky O. And um, we kind of talked about the state of women in media. Yeah. And um, he did say he kind of had some issues. He said for his part, he sees the harness as the issue. And um, he kind of explained that there's the man harness, which binds men to certain ideals, such as men do not show soft emotions, um, as um, like sadness, depression, etc. So man emotions are just hard, like anger and lust. And man is a logical being. A man stands tough and is the protector of the physical way blah 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 and anything that shows something that may be considered the female harness um which is emotional things or like stereotypical female things like sewing and cooking and blah 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 um that if a man shows these things he's kind of considered quote-unquote gay or uh you know puss or whatever that kind of thing right yeah um and if a woman does anything that's super manly she kind of becomes a bitch you know or super butch yeah which i you know i admittedly I have not gone back and re-listened to that episode since we recorded it and it came out. Yeah. Um, but I'm pretty sure we did talk about that, that this is really not a sex issue, but a gender issue. And that we also don't believe that men should be um, harnessed. Yeah. And I know that I have many, many male friends who are considered softer or more quote-unquote feminine or whatever based on some of the Brian Moriarty. <laughs> not not just not just Brian I mean Brian likes musical theater Dave's pointing to himself right now because he's got that too I just it's a thing it's yeah. a thing and I'm and I get considered like in sometimes in like my friendships and relationships or whatever I'm always considered the dude of things or whatever so I mean I had to play the male Barbie when I was a little kid all the time right right so it the thing is is we absolutely understand yeah. that, and I and I if we conveyed anything otherwise, I am so so sorry for that because um, it is a big deal for me too for men yeah. to not have to feel like they're put down because they may have an interest that's considered weaker somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The idea that feminine is weak and masculine is strong, and the fact that girls have an easier time as tomboys than men do as when they're kind of more feminine or, um, you know, kind of like the sissy boys. The metrosexual. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's really unfair. Yeah. It's a double standard. So we we absolutely agree with that. Yeah. Um, The thing that he did have a a problem with um, is we were talking about men making rude comments to women. Um, I know I specifically said you were not supposed to be grabbing women. They do not belong to you. You can't grab them, which I still stand by. I will not disagree with that, and I don't think women should be grabbing men either. But then that leads us to our, you know, the whole controversy with catcalling. Yes, that you know, men catcalling women mm-hmm. is generally looked down upon. Yeah. But what about women catcalling men? Well, whenever I get catcalled on the street, and like some guys going, "Hey, baby, what's mm. up?" and I go, "I'm fine. How are you?" <laughs> That's what I do back. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's there yeah. is a f- I I. 
I think that catcalling itself, the name gives away like how futile it is. And I think there's a stand-up comedian that said this. He's like, that's why it's called catcalling. They're not going to respond to you. Have you ever tried calling a fucking cat? <laughs> Have you ever actually tried to get a cat to come? It's not going to work. It's ever. not going to work. <laughs> that being said, however, you know, Ryan brought up the whole point about that he had thought that Billy had said mm-hmm. the, the comment about Thor's tits. Yeah. Um, and that in actual reality, I had said that comment. Mm-hmm. You did. Um, you're like them tits, though. Yeah. <laughs> and I yeah, laughed so my the, fucking cock off. So here's the thing. Okay, I I feel like yeah, that's fair. I mean, I'm I want if I if I, I should be called out on anything, this should be it. You know, I appreciate you bringing that to attention because he has a really good point. Yeah, like it's not fair for women to objectify men like that. But like Sarah said, as long as the objectification is like mutual, that's my personal stance. <laughs> so the thing is, let's is go for it. Being the fact that I've hung around a lot of dudes and I've always the dude girl right quote unquote you guys can't see that but me kind of like scowling and making fun of that Um, (laughs) wow dudes have huge boobs (laughs) (laughs) but there's the there's the idea that I mean when I'm hanging around a bunch of dudes who are doing nothing but objectifying women all day long what I'm doing right back at them is objectifying the hell out of man and like and just being like if only we would we had that sort of maturity and the, you know comedic prowess the problem, that there you is do. an inherent problem with that and this is a very valid argument um but the fact that men have already an innate sense of worth yeah that objectifying them just adds to their worth because they're like great so now you think i'm hot and i already know that i'm smart and going to be successful because i'm a white male you know like so they so there's that so that's a little bit harder yeah. that they don't feel like that kind of shame or um depreciation that women feel when we're objectified. Mm-hmm. So that is a little bit tougher. That's why um, that's why the Spider Woman variant cover is an issue. Yeah. Um, versus, you know, having super muscly dudes on these like it there are a lot of issues with that. And what our episode was trying to do, we obviously were not there to solve the problem. No. But to have an open, honest discussion about it. And yeah. so we're really happy to have the feedback. Totally. Um, and we're you know, call us out on things because yeah. that's what dialogue is about. Exactly. But more importantly, what we hope to have and what I wanted to do from that episode was to mostly have allies and build yeah. allies because the the reason why it's so important that we're having these conversations is because we're raising awareness. And the more that you're aware of what's happening, the more you can catch it. Um, the problem with representation is if you're missing, you notice it. If you're not missing, you won't notice the need for an mm-hmm. addition. Totally. So I I just wanted to make it clear that human beings, whether they're gay, straight, male or female, sexually objectify the other human beings that they find attractive. And like you're saying, it's different for women because of the stat, like what the status quo is and how we probably have to be more careful about it. But I think that he had a great point with that. It, it does go both ways. And then once we can all just openly objectify each other and grab each other and everyone's okay with it, Whoa. I think that the world is going to be a better... I just want to be able to walk down the street and I want to see a hot chick who may think that I'm good looking and I just grab her boob. She grabs my dick. We nod and then we just move we along. Move along. I mean, Sean in that Moriarty perfect, land. perfect society, however, some people just have boundary issues. So if anybody's no, trying to grab exactly. me that I don't know, I really do not appreciate that. No, fuck that. Why would anybody ever grab somebody they don't no, now the people I know, I get like uh, I get two knuckles deep with one pinky in them. Like, <laughs> as soon as I, that's my handshake. Well, and beli- that's just. I mean, when I have to yell at somebody on the streets because he just grabbed the ass of an older middle-aged woman yeah. and he thinks he can get away with it because he's a twenty-something-year-old drunk guy. 
But wait a second, Sarah. Was she wearing something that was saying she asked for it? Oh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sean, I am like, if I could, if I could the dragon, strangle Sean. you with my mind, I absolutely, oh. I'm trying to use the force oh. on you right now through Skype and it's not working. Oh my she God, was probably Sean, just irritated just, from doing laundry all day. So that was amazing day. because what Sean just said right now is a good, it's a very, you know, I know, I know. good inciting argument. Yeah. yeah Don't like even that. get me started yeah. on this Jennifer Lawrence thing. Yeah. No, seriously. I got the pictures if anybody wants them. Okay, no, no, I appreciate you saying that. And, like, of course, he said it in a joking manner. Yeah, no, I know. Totally fine here, guys. Don't worry. We're not going to kill anybody. Crisis averted. We're okay. Uh, 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 This is why we love you, Sean. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Ryan, for your wonderful, very well worded and educated response. We do appreciate it. And I would like to, you know, offer. A sort of apology in any if, it, if that adds any sort of I don't know if I if an apology is really warranted, um, but I do kind of feel bad for kind of like it was it was bringing harder. that up in that way. It was it's a it's a difficult conversation. To have. It is it right. Is. So of course, like my whole thing is like I kind of had this whole like lack of filter problem where I think something's funny and then it gets construed yeah. as something. What's I that like? Not. Right. So that being said, however, that's a very common problem for a yeah. lot of people in this situation. How mm-hmm. do you approach it without stepping on a few toes? Yes. Exactly. And, um, you know, when in comedy, like Whoopi Goldberg says, you cannot apologize because it's supposed to be comedy. You know, you put the power behind the words with your intention. Same with sexuality. You can sexualize anything. People sexualize feet and hands, okay? Like, yeah. Well, Hello, so, have you seen my pinky toes? This is true. Your, your pinky toe is pretty sexy. Dude, super hammer toes. It's yeah. great. <laughs> if Quentin Tarantino is listening, he just blew a huge one. <laughs> that being said, you know, we, we, we're in a very... I don't even know what I'm saying. Uh, Uma Thurman's man feet. Mm, <laughs> My brain yes. is like, Let's close up on them cool. for it's 13 cool. seconds straight. Sean. I think this was a wonderful episode. God damn it. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for holding down the fort with me while Brian's not here. Yeah. Dave, you're doing a great job on sound. Good and laughs, Dave. Thank you, Dave, for all your laughs. laughs. And your pretty skinny fucking face, you skinny bastard. Yeah. Look at you. Dave you're is shrinking. dropping that weight. You are shrinking. Yeah. So... Um, if you guys want to compliment Dave on losing weight, if you want to compliment yell at me us on for gaining saying it. things, <laughs> um, if you want to send Sean Moriarty big, <laughs> big old dongs, I dong want someone pictures. to send me a, a hate mail, in a which hate I want someone to send me a small male person in a package <laughs> that just screams hateful words at me. Or you guys awesome. could just send pictures that he could turn into glory hole covers. Yes, oh, yes. that too. Yes. That too. Uh, you can. And Don't show us using them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. No, no, no. So you can Touché. email us at thenerds at nerdonomy.com. You can hit us up through our Twitter at nerdonomy. And our Instagram. Our at Instagram nerdonomy. at nerdonomy, which Roxy and Sean are filling up very nicely and doing Woo! a great job. Um, and you can also find us on Facebook, Nerdonomy. And if you feel so generous, go to nerdonomy.com. Check out our awesome t-shirts. You can check out our very old articles of our blog, which is currently (laughs) defunct. Um, Okay, we'll return. We'll return eventually. Um, Or if you want to just click that donate button, um, that's really nice. Or you can also click our affiliate links um, or you can go to audibletrial.com slash nerdonomy if you're feeling like 
trying out audible.com we get a little bit of a cut speaking of getting a little bit of extra money want to give a big shout out to aunt Teresa and eric's cousin jennifer who generously oh so generously gave us a hefty amount of cash yeah we don't want to say exactly how much it was but let's just say it would buy a really classy hooker for over an hour (laughs) (laughs) or alternatively a ceiling for oh, our nerd cave. God, finally. Sean's idea is better. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll yeah, use I the can't wait till our next ceiling. meeting. Hooker versus ceiling. <laughs> wait, how many hookers could we buy to be our ceiling? Or to yes! construct our ceiling? Oh my uh, God. It would be so much better if they were alive too, but then you got to feed them. Oh God. <laughs> so you got to feed we'll them. just hire a bunch of hookers to actually install the ceiling. It's okay. Yeah, we'll get yeah, yeah. One. Sean, just do what they did in, in seven and just keep them alive and just have a bunch of like... <laughs> 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 oh, Jesus. assholes. Anyway, thank you for that. You have kept this podcast going and we really You're appreciate amazing. it. Thank so. you so much. Um, so... Yeah, we'll be off next week. We're all going to Vegas. (laughs) Fuck off. (laughs) We will not be going to Vegas. We will be here next week. Same nerd time. Same nerd channel. Nerdonomy.com. Bye. Bye. Bye -bye. Bye-bye. And roll credits. And now, famous movie quotes you should not say during sex. I'm not going to do it, dude. End of story. Dude. 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 I guess you have a point.